we are continuing in our lesson in the book of Psalms, specifically Psalm 107. Psalm 107. Last week we saw how God delivers those in exile or those that are in prison. Today we see that uh, God saves even the foolish that call upon Him. We're going to be looking at verses 17 to 22. 17 to 22. Let me read this passage of scripture. Fools, because of their transgression and because of their inequities, are afflicted. Their soul abhorreth all manner of meat, and they draw near unto the gates of death. Then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them out of their distresses. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. And let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving and declare his works with rejoicing. Father, we thank you once again for allowing us to be in your word, Lord. Truth of the matter is that all of us sometimes can be fools. And I pray, Lord, that uh, through our lessons this evening, that we would be reminded of things that we should not be doing. But more importantly, what mercy, uh, what a great God you are, how merciful you are unto each and every one of us. Lord, we just ask your um, guidance, and I pray your Holy Spirit would have free reign this evening. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, verse number 17. Fools. First of all, let's define fool. You know, the Bible speaks um, much about a fool, but what is, um, what, uh, what's the definition of a fool? And Webster's defines a, a fool as a person that lacks sense or judgment. Someone that lacks sense or judgment. If you think about this, you know, fools basically... In a biblical sense, they think they know everything. And in fact, even in the worldly sense, they seem to think that they know everything. And there are three passages of scriptures, so all in the book of Proverbs, that talk about the fool. The first one is in Proverbs 12, 15. It starts off and it says this, The way of a fool is right in his own eyes. You know, the fool thinks that he's doing, the way, what he's doing, what he's thinking, is, is correct. And sadly, the world today that we live in, is similar to that. We see the um, the left or the progressives basically doing their agenda and pretty much destroying our our country all in the uh, for what do you call it um, for green energy energy ESG. What does that stand for? <laughs> I can't even remember what the acronym stands for. But destroying lives, ordinary citizens. I mean. The, you know, gasoline prices went up two years ago and they have not uh, come down. Every time I go into Costco and I think to myself, all right, maybe today is a day that it's going to be under $4. Hasn't been that way for the last two years. I'm just glad that it's closer to $4 than it is to $5. So the fool is right. Uh, the way of a fool is right in his own eyes. Proverbs 15.5 says this, a fool despises his father's instruction <clears throat> once again the fool thinks he knows everything he thinks that the, what they're doing what he is doing is the right thing and you can't tell him otherwise the last one in proverbs is 14 9 it says the fools make a mock at sin you know we live in a society today that is proud of their immoral lifestyles and not only don't they try to hide it? In fact, what they do is they broadcast it as loudly and as broadly as and colorfully as they as they can. They mock sin. They think that they can get away with it. And 
Oftentimes what happens is that fools are deceived by their own feelings or thoughts, sadly that are validated by the world. I want to take a look at a couple of uh, verses here. Turn to the book of Proverbs, Proverbs 18. Proverbs 18. <clears throat> Proverbs 18, verse number 2. It reads, A fool had no delight in understanding, but that his heart may discover itself. No delight in, in understanding. You know, the you can try to logically speak to a fool, but oftentimes there is no, um, there can be no discussion. And their heart is going in a direction that is not one that you would want to be in, nor do you want uh, that God wants him to be in. Turn to the book of Ephesians chapter 4. I want to expand upon this thought here. Ephesians chapter 4. We live in a society today, we live in a world today that basically has gone so far from God, but sadly, they are they parade out their immoral behavior for all the world to see. And, uh, you know, they call it pride. Verse, uh, chapter, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 18, having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. Verse 19, who being past feeling have given themselves over unto lasciviousness to work all uncleanness with greediness. You know, the darkened hearts that they have, they have totally ignored God's word first and foremost. But more importantly is that oftentimes they even ignore common sense. You know, the truth of the matter is that we live in a society today that the more, it, it seems like Everyone's trying to climb the ladder of immorality and say that they are the most immoral person or they can somehow propagate or uh, promote the most immoral type of behavior. And sadly, because of the, um, because of social media, they applaud individuals like this for coming out and being proud or coming out and declaring themselves, you know, how brave they are. And it's like, are you serious? You know, this is not behavior that should be proud, uh, that you should be proud of. More importantly, it's not definitely not behavior that should be um, even discussed in a family environment. But yet, that is what's going on. So it says here, because of the blindness of their heart. And truly, their heart is blinded. Not only it, their heart is blinded, but also what happens is that fools, sadly, because of their blindness, Deny the existence of God. Let's just go to one verse over in Psalm 53. And I'm sure that all of us know this particular verse. For verse number one says that the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. You know, we live today in, why is it that people want to claim that there is no God? Well, if, there is, if they can uh, convince themselves and others that there is no God, guess what? then they can do whatever behavior they want because now they have they don't have to answer to anyone. Definitely not God or even a higher power, whatever they may be. The fool had said in his heart, there is no God. 
corrupt are they and have done abominable inequity there is none that doeth good you know we live the behaviors or the things that go on today I never thought I would have seen it in my lifetime you know 20 years ago it was you see things that were going on that were not correct that were definitely not good but at the same time people were still hiding their behavior you know they had nothing to brag about so to speak right but it seems to have accelerated over the last I don't know five eight years or whatever it may be where it's like possibly yeah in the last two years things have grown exponentially you know it's like uh, a nuclear explosion has gone off and the, for whatever it may be we're looking they're looking to destroy society you know and sadly that's essentially what they're trying to do you know we, if we go all the way back to Genesis and don't have to turn there but I want to hit on a couple of things because what's going on today hits at the at the heart of what God says Genesis 1 27 says so God created man in his own image in the image of God created he him male and female created he them so first thing is that we're all image bearers of God and secondly is that everyone because we're all image bearers of God we should be treating everyone with respect but yet we live in a society today that is looking to divide people based upon the immutable characteristics, based upon the fact, things that they cannot change. They were born, whether it be born with blonde hair, born with black hair, born with, back, um, born with black skin, born with white skin, whatever it may be. But those are immutable characteristics that cannot be changed. That's how God created each and every one of them. And it goes on, it says that male and female created he them. There are just two genders no ifs and so buts about it and in the next verse verse 20 he says and god blessed them as god said unto them be fruitful and multiply you know we think about this why did he create man uh, male and female well the only way that you can be fruitful and multiply is that you need a man and a woman you cannot have two men you cannot have two women or two confused individuals regardless of what they may be and, the, 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 and he says be fruitful and multiply so what does that represent he's talking about a family structure a husband a wife uh, and a wife a father and a mother children and within that family structure what happens mom and dad have the responsibility to raise these kids in a godly fashion but within that godly uh, within that family structure what do we need to do? Mom and dad take the responsibility of teaching right and wrong. But in today's society, what happens is that the government says that your kids are my kids, are their kids. They're no longer your kids. The government wants to take care of, take over them. So what happens? We have this foolish mentality that is going on. It's permeating. It's not just at the grassroots level. It's all the way up to the highest echelons, all the way over into Washington, D.C. We have this behavior going on. And so what happens? is that they not only deny the existence of God, they deny the existence of God. So with, with that comes this immorality that comes into play. And also it tries to destroy the family structure. But also the other thing, the next thing is that fools have a heart problem. They truly have a heart problem. We're in Psalms, turn to Psalm, uh, Psalm chapter 10. 10. Psalm, Psalm chapter 10. And verse number six says, He had said in his heart, 
I shall not be moved, for I shall never be in adversity. And verse number 13, wherefore doth the wicked contend God? You know, basically dis despise God, scorn God. He had said in his heart, thou will not require it. You know, the, the, the fool basically are in a situation where they choose to ignore God. They choose to deny the existence of God. They choose and, and, and what, what true, truly um, gets me these verses, verse 13, wherefore doth the wicked contemn God, right? He's scorning God and he said in his heart, thou will not require it. And when we compare this with what Jeremiah says in Jeremiah chapter 17, verse number nine, the heart is deceitful above all things. Desperately wicked, who can know it, right? So the Bible tells us that the heart is deceitful, but what is man doing? Depending upon their heart, listening to their heart. But yet the Bible says the heart will deceive us. Our emotions, they, they'll, they'll draw us away. They'll uh, have us do the wrong things. But yet people say, listen to your heart. Do what your heart desires. The Bible says that the heart is desperately wicked, but yet people say, well, you know, if that's what your heart says, just do it. If it feels good, do it. So we have, we live in a situation where people choose to allow themselves to be deceived. And sadly, if we continue down this path, God will allow it. People think, you know, hey, I'm getting away with it. In fact, I read a verse the other day, the other day in my, um, you don't have to turn to it, but it was something that opened my eyes because one of the things that we talked about, we talk about often in the prison is that why do people, why do, why do guys continue doing bad behavior? And one of the things that I said was that because they don't fear God, because if they feared God, they would stop the bad behavior. And if we think about it, you know, if, if you stole and you got your hand cut off and we looked around in society, I guarantee you there'd be not too many people with two, two hands missing. There might be a whole bunch of people with one hand missing, but not two hands missing. Because once they got one hand cut off, that would be it. It would teach them a lesson, right? But in Ecclesiastes uh, chapter 8, verse number 11, it says this, Because sentence against an evil work is not executed speedily, therefore... The heart of the sons of men is fully set in them to do evil. Because judgment is not coming down. Because they're, they're not being punished for whatever sin they're committing or whatever evil they're committing. Guess what? Human behavior is that, oh, you know what? Hey, I got away with it, so I'll just do it again. And if we continue down this path, Paul tells us in Romans, Romans chapter 1, Verse number 28, he says this, And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to reprobate mind, to those things which are not convenient. You know, if we continue to persist, we, we have, God will allow us just to go down this path. And sometimes going down that path is a good thing because God wants to change our mind. We says, hey, you know what? If you want this so badly, go ahead, have at it. And then when you've had enough, then hey, you know what? I might be here, I might not be here. But in Proverbs, he says that 
if we continue to ignore him, right? When you get it, when we get into trouble, what is he going to do? He's going to ignore us. He's not going to listen to us. In fact, the Proverbs talks about mocking us. That's a scary thought. When you're in trouble, calling out to God and he mocks you. But in this particular situation here in verse uh, in, in Romans, you know, that God, because people did not want to acknowledge God, did not retain God in their knowledge, God gave him over to reprobate mind. You know, this is a situation in which people basically continue to go down a path, continue to lead a life of, of sin, continue to lead a life of evil, and God will allow them to continue to go down this path. Go down the path. You know, and what's interesting also is in the book of Romans, he says this in uh, the, the following chapter, in verse number 2, verse number 4, he says, Or despisest thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and longsuffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. You know, oftentimes what happens is that we see looking back and going, wow, you know what? God was merciful unto me. He didn't give me the full judgment. He didn't do what he, he could have. And because of that, we can see that, hey, you know what? God is real. And what I need to do is I need to turn to God. We come across a verse like this, and you know, something like this, a lot of the men that are incarcerated can relate to this. They, they, they tell me this, they said, Hugh, it's not a matter of the things that I've done. It's, the ma it's a matter of the things that I did, but I never got caught for. That's what, that's what they look at and it's like, wow, you know, God could have done a whole lot more to me rather than just bring me to prison. But yet at the same time, they, were, they, they thought they got away with it at the same time, but looking back now, that God did it for a reason. God did it because he loved them. Go back to Psalm 107. So this is fools. We're talking about fools, right? But notice the next two words, because of. Because of. It says because of their transgression and because of their inequities. You know, the result of being foolish. So what happens? These fools, because of their transgression, because of their inequities, what's the end result? They're afflicted. You know, and, and that is foolish behavior because thinking that you're continuing to do these things and thinking that you're going to get away with it is truly foolish. So, but, but the Bible tells us because of, because of their transgressions, because of the fact that they rejected God. So now they're afflicted. They, they suffer the consequences. Their result, their revolt and wickedness towards God has caused them to suffer. Turn to um, Lamentations chapter 3. Lamentations chapter 3. So we have these fools, they transgressed against God, committed, in, so now they're afflicted. In, German, uh, in Lamentations, verse number 39, it says, Wherefore doth the living man complain? A man for the punishment of his sins? Why are you complaining? You know, just rewards. We get our just rewards, but at the same time, oftentimes people think that, hey, why am I? Why is this happening to me? 
Other people did the same thing, and they're not suffering the same punishment that I am. Jeremiah chapter 30. Since we're in Lamentations, just one book over. Jeremiah chapter 30. Starting off in verse number 14. All thy lovers, speaking to um, the Jews, says, All thy lovers have forgotten thee, they seek thee not, for I have wounded thee with the wound of an enemy, with the chastisement of a cruel one, for the multitude of thine iniquity, because thy sins were increased. Why criest thou for thine affliction? Thy sorrow is incurable for the multitude of thine iniquities, because thy sins were increased. I have done these things unto thee. You know, if God allows us, the, the fool here, God has this foolish thinking, this foolish behavior that's been going on, right? They're deceiving. They're, they're, they're deceived. They think that their thoughts, their, their, their feelings, um, they're going the way of the world. They deny the existence of God. They have a heart problem. They choose to, to allow themselves to be deceived. And then all of these, and they, they transgress against God. And they continue to uh, in their inequities, and now they're afflicted. And what people don't seem to understand is that, hey, keep playing with fire, you will get burned. You will get burned. You cannot continue this bad behavior and think that you're going to get away with it. And that's the beauty of, of, of God. God is watching over things. God sees everything, and eventually people will get caught. Verse number 18 says there, so these fools, they're now they've transgressed, they're, uh, and now they're afflicted. So what happens? They're sold apart, all manner of meat, and they draw near unto the gates of death. You know, this reminds me of um, somebody that is, <laughs> hear stories about um, people that are going under chemotherapy, but let me just do a quick illustration here. You know, lifestyle, lifestyle choices can affect our health, right? So one of the things that we know for, <laughs> people know is that smoking can cause cancer, right? Smoking can cause cancer. Yeah, I've, I've heard people that have smoked all their lives, they never got cancer. But for the most part, the majority of people get cancer. So what happens? Their lifestyle choices causes the cancer. And when they, when, they're, uh, when they get cancer, what happens? They have to go through some type of treatment. Oftentimes that treatment is chemotherapy. And I hear horror stories of people that have gone through chemotherapy, whereby they, you know, the body is under this assault from this chemical that is destroying not just the bad cells, but also the good cells. But what happens is that the body also needs to nourish itself, right? You need to build up your immune system, but yet at the same time, while they're doing this treatment, they can't even eat because even some, just eating food, they throw it up. They, they're not able to uh, nourish themselves. So what happens? Their immune system is depleted. Their immune system is diminished. At the same time, what happens is that the same thing happens to people, these fools. They basically have a, uh, they're, they're, because of the lack of pro proper nutrition, or their spiritual immune system begins to break down. They're doing the wrong things. They continue to go down this path. Turn to Psalm chapter 1. 
I mean not Psalm, Proverbs chapter 1. And Solomon writes that in verse number 7, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools, fools, despise wisdom and instruction. So rather than doing the proper thing spiritually, they despise and do the wrong thing. They reject, in fact, um, the right things. It, it's like the individual that has a bad lifestyle. So it causes them bad uh, outcomes down the road. Rather than doing what the fools does, look at what the wise man does in verse number five there. It says, a wise man will hear and will increase learning. A man of understanding shall attain unto wise counsel. The same can be said about lifestyle today. You know, one of the things that um, people, well, not, not everybody, but more, more people over the last probably 15, 20 years have gotten into a healthier lifestyle, right? More exercise, uh, healthier foods, staying away from the fast food restaurants. But more importantly is, you know, more, less people are smoking, giving up those, uh, all of these bad behaviors. Why? Because people want to be healthier. It is, it, there, you cannot put a price on health, on good health. And sadly, what happens is that we've taken advantage of that. You know, many, uh, I don't know, it must have been about 15 years ago. I was down in Alabama visiting one of our um, our dear friends, Brother Delaney. And uh, he took me down, we're going driving down to um, Pensacola, Florida. But we went through Mobile, Alabama. And we stopped at a, uh, a fast food place. It wasn't a fast food place, it was kind of like a 7-Eleven type of deal. Basically, what we want to, uh, I wanted some coffee and then we'll go pick up some snacks and stuff like that. And I remember pulling into the parking lot there and there must have been probably going in and out of the store, maybe about six, eight people. But the thing that stood out in my mind then was that six to eight people, right? Not one of them was not obese. Every single one of them was obese. I mean, it was shocking. And for those of you that know Brother Delaney, Brother Delaney is like a 5'8 Irish man that's, you know, he's, he's skinny. And back then, I was pretty skinny too. And I was like, looking at these folks, I was like, it's still on my mind. And then so as we were driving out of that parking lot and we were going down the, the, the main drag there, I just happened to start looking around. I was like, my goodness. The majority of the people there were obese. And here's the thing, the people that were coming out of that that um, uh, that uh, Quickie Martin, whatever it may be, half of these people were carrying what, 60 ounce, 70 ounce sodas. I was like, what in the world, right? But these are all lifestyle choices. The same thing though, with, with physical lifestyle or physical health, we can equate our spiritual health, the things that we're doing. What are we doing, right? The Bible talks about the, the, that the wise man basically will hear, increase learning. And one of the things that we can do is we can be in God's word on a daily basis. And one, you know, often, too often I, I say, is that people choose the easy way out. Lifestyle choices. Why do people, lifestyle choices, you know, they're, people are trying to lose weight 
today. So there, there's a cholesterol medication that you're using to lose weight. Ozempic or something like that. That's like, I don't think it's a good idea to be taking medication to try to lose weight. You know, because I, you have no idea what's gonna happen to your liver, kidneys, so on and so forth, but what? In today's society, we're so used to quick and easy, right? We, nobody wants to work. And the same thing can be said with Christians. Christians don't want to put in the effort. Why? Reading God's word, guess what? It takes time, it takes effort, it takes commitment. People don't want to do that. Why not? What better way to protect ourselves? What better way to learn more about God? We're talking about it today in one of our studies. It's like one guy says, yeah, basic instruction before leaving earth, right? I said, so why doesn't anybody want to pick up the instruction manual? And the guy said, well, because most, like most guys, you know, when you, when you buy something or whatever it may be, you don't even look at the instruction manual, you think you know better. I said, yeah, we make our own life choices. And what happens? Life choices brings you into a place like this. And sadly, that's what goes on today. So going back to Psalm 107, their soul abhorred all manner of meat. They draw near unto the gates of death. Verse number 19. Then. Then what? Oh, what? After they got themselves into trouble, after their bad behaviors caused them to be afflicted, after all the things that they were doing, uh, rejecting God, turning themselves against God, and now they're, they're drawing near to the gates of death. Then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble. You know, sadly what happens that for many people, in fact, I shouldn't say for many people, I put myself in this category. It's like I was going down, in fact, I was doing all the bad behavior, right? When I finally got arrested and I was down in the police cell block, what was I doing? Oh God, if you get me out of this, I promise I won't do this again. You know, making all these promises, calling out to God, right? I didn't even know God, I didn't even know if God was real at that time, at that point, but I was calling out to Him, right? Then they cried unto the Lord. It's what's fascinating is that look at verse number six in, that, uh, in Psalm 107. So we have these people that were basically out in the wilderness, they're in a solitary way. They couldn't find. They they couldn't find anything. Then they cried unto the Lord. Verse number thirteen. Individuals that were basically in prison. Now then they cried unto the Lord. Throughout this passage of scripture, we see the behavior that's causing these negative reactions or negative consequences. And when they finally hit the wall, when they finally dug their hole so deep, then they cried unto the Lord. But what's truly amazing about all of this, in verse number 19, then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble. And what does God do? He saves them. He saves them out of their distresses. You know, God's mercy, God's mercy, He saves us despite ourselves. Right? He saves us despite ourselves. Turn to Ezra, Ezra chapter 9. Verse number 13. And after all that has come upon us for our evil deeds and for our great trespass, seeing that thou, our God, has punished us less than our iniquities deserve and has given us as such deliverance as this. 
evil deeds, great trespasses, but yet God had not, it says it right here, God had punished us less than our inequities, and God has still given us deliverance. You know, these were, we're, we're talking about people that have gone into captivity, right? They had, they disobeyed God, so what happened? God allowed them to go into captivity. And here we have a situation where God, Ezra writes, God punished us less than our inequities deserve. And turning back to Psalm, Psalm 103, verse number 10 there, says this, it says, He had not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our inequities. Do you have a God that is truly merciful to us? You see in the Psalm, Psalm 107, where people have gotten themselves, they have caused themselves the distresses. They have caused themselves to get into this situation, into their trouble. They have caused their own afflictions. And God, calls, God saves them. Why? Because of His mercy, despite ourselves. And in verse number 20 there, it says, He sent His word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. God does have the power. God's word does have the power to heal. Psalm 147. Look at a few verses here. 147, verse number 15. He sent forth His commandment upon earth. His word run uh, very swiftly. And then in John 6.63, Jesus it says there it is a spirit that quicken it the flesh profit nothing the words that I speak unto you their spirit and their life God's word God's word has the power to heal and it has the power to save Proverbs 4 Verses 20 to 22. My son, attend to my words, incline thy ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart, for they are life unto those that find them, and help to all their flesh. So God's word has a part to heal. But more importantly than that, that Jesus gives us new life and gives us new family. In John 1.12, it says that to them, let me we'll have that verse memorized. It says that, but as many received him, to, give, to them gave he power to become sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. You know, so Jesus gives us new life, gives us a new family. And we know from the book of Revelation that Jesus is the word of God. But also, Jesus delivers us from destruction. God's, he, he saves us from God's wrath. Turn to John chapter 3. John chapter 3. And verse 17, 18 says, For God sent not a son into the world to condemn the world, <clears throat> but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already. Because he had not believed in the name of the only begotten Son. And drop down to the last verse in that chapter. Verse number 36. He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. 
and he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. You know, yes, God's word saves them, but more importantly is that Jesus not only saves us, gives us eternal life, gives us a new family, but he also saves us from the wrath of God, delivers us from destruction. Going back to Psalm 107, let's wrap this up. Verse number 21. So we see the fool transgressing against God because of their inequities, they're afflicted. And because of their affliction, they cannot even eat, they cannot get nutrition. They cry out to God, and God saved them. He sends His word, He heals them. He delivers them from their own self-destruction. Verse number 21. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for His goodness and for His wonderful works to the children of men. Throughout this um, psalm, three, four times, these same words are repeated. Verse number 8, verse number 15, here, and then in verse number twenty uh, 31. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works. But notice, who? To the children of men, to other people, right? Praising God for his goodness, for what he's done in our lives, to others. It's the least that we can do. And then we end this passage of scripture in verse number 22. <clears throat> and let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving and declare his works with rejoicing. Sacrifices of thanksgiving. You know, in verse number 21, he talks about that men would praise God for his goodness, right? Giving praise unto God. Let's take a look at a few verses here. Turn to Hebrews chapter 13. Hebrews chapter 13. <clears throat> verse number 15. By him... Therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. Continually praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to His name. Sacrifice of praise, you know, giving praise to God. That's the very least that we can do. The words that we speak, praising God. You know, we start off our Wednesday nights with giving praise to God. Why? First and foremost, we acknowledge who God is. But more importantly is that we need to acknowledge the things that He's done in our lives. But not only that, think about this. By giving praise to God, seeing how God is working in your lives, what does it do? It encourages the saints. Seeing how God is working, manifesting Himself in other people's lives. God can do the same thing in our lives, right? And then going into uh, Leviticus, all the way into the Old Testament. Leviticus chapter 22. Verse number 29 says, And when ye will offer a sacrifice of thanksgiving unto the Lord, offer it at your own will. Giving thanksgiving unto God. Offering it. God's not forcing us to do it. We should be willingly wanting to do this because of what He's doing in our lives. Right? Giving thanks to God. It's the very least. Somebody does something nice for you, don't you thank them? It's the least that we can do. 
what God is doing in our lives. Why can't we do that? But not just to Him, but to other people, letting other people know about what He's doing in our lives. A couple more verses. Go back to Psalm, Psalm 116. And this is an interesting verse. Psalm 116. Well, before we go there, Psalm 115. Let me read this. Psalm 115, verse number 17. The dead praise not the Lord, neither any that go down into silence. Folks, when we're dead, we can't give God any praise, right? Psalm 116, verse number 17 there. It says, I will offer to thee the sacrifice of thanksgiving, and will call upon the name of the Lord. Folks, we should be giving God all the praise, the honor, and the glory. We started this um, Psalm 107, and one of the things I, I hopped on, I, I, I uh, planted myself in, and we started this um, whole study, was in verse number two. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he had redeemed from the hand of the enemy, those of us that have accepted Jesus as our personal Lord and Savior, we have been redeemed. He purchased us. He bought us back, right? He is our kinsman redeemer. And we should be thanking him. We should be telling others about what he's done in our life. So as we end today, verse number 22, and let them sacrifice the sacrifice of thanksgiving and declare his works with rejoicing. Praise God for who He is and what He has done in our lives. Let's pray. Father, we thank You once again for this evening. And Lord, we thank You for the fact that You are continuing to work in our lives, Lord. We see the goodness, the wonderful works that You've done, and that we can testify unto other people. So Father, we pray that we would always give You the, um, the thanks that You deserve. But more importantly, Lord, that we would be able to Share this thanks with other people and declare what you have done in our lives. So Father, we, we thank you for watching over us, caring for us, Lord, and continuing, Lord, to just nurture us and bless us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.